You're listening to the Lecker Room Sports Media Podcast. Let's get to it. The first installment of this podcast that I've been trying to put together for myself for a while. Um, this is Jacob Lecker speaking. I should probably introduce myself really quick. Uh, Lecker Room Sports Media. Uh, you may pronounce it Locker Room, um, but you would be wrong. But that is kind of where the title comes from. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit about myself. Uh, I've had a lot of time on my hands recently since post-graduation, so... Um, I went to Kansas State University, got an engineering degree. Uh, now I'm working full time uh, as an engineer. I'm originally from Central Kansas. Uh, thoroughly enjoy baseball, basketball, football. Love the Royals. Love uh, Kansas State football, Kansas State athletics in general. Uh, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, K State sports on a future podcast. Uh, the majority of this podcast, and also hopefully I can get somebody to do it with me for, you know, if I do different topics or uh, baseball, football, whatever. But as of right now, I will be doing it solo, talking about wiffle ball and baseball primarily, uh, the Major League Baseball level and the Major League Wiffle Ball level, which is what our main, uh, our main podcast topic will be um, for, this, for, for this podcast. So, um, but first... Our first trivia segment. This is a segment that I would love to do for all my podcasts moving forward if I do keep this up, which I really want to. Um, <clears throat> so, baseball trivia game. General MLB trivia. So, I will be answering random questions. I'll read them out to you. I'll answer them. I actually did a test run of this about 20 minutes ago. And uh, <laughs> you click on the wrong answer, and it gives you an X, and it just scares the crap out of you. I, I had my headphones on, and the sound was so loud I jumped out of my chair. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, here we go. Question one. Against what opposing team did Babe Ruth hit his first career home run? New York Yankees, Chicago Cubs, the Baltimore Black Sox, or the Boston Red Sox? And feel free to play along as you listen. Um yeah, I don't I don't know. This is uh this is a uh, beyond, you know, my time here. So, uh, I'm going to say the Yankees. And we were right. While playing for the Boston Red Sox, Babe Ruth hit his first career home run against the New York Yankees. Question 2. Who was the first Major League Baseball player to pitch up over 100 miles an hour? Roger Clemens, Nolan Ryan, Tom Seaver, or Dwight Gooden? Uh, well, I have no idea who C and D are. I will say Nolan Ryan. That is also right. Two for two. All right. See if we can go three for three. What Baltimore Orioles manager was ejected from a record 91 games? Yeah, I don't know any of these names. Mike Hargrove, Hank Bauer, Earl Weaver, and Paul Richards. Oh, my guess is my dad would know this. Uh, I don't know any of these names, I'll guess. Wasn't Hank Bauer? Was not Mike Hargrove? It was Earl Weaver. 
Earl Weaver, who managed the Orioles from for 17 years, was ejected a major league record of 91 games. In fact, he was once ejected from both games of a doubleheader. <laughs> so he got ejected from game one. I guess didn't get get all of his words out to the umpire. Came back in game two and you know finished finished what he started earlier. Very cool. Who was the first major league player to have his number retired? Uh, I want to say Lou Gehrig. That's one of the options. Babe Ruth, George Kelly, Lou Gehrig, or Charlie Robertson. Actually, it's probably Babe Ruth, but uh, Babe Ruth. Nope, not Babe Ruth. Uh, Lou Gehrig. Yeah, should have gone with my first instinct. All right. All right, one more question, and then we'll get into today's topic. What player was nicknamed Mr. November? Well, that's easy. If you don't know this at home, it is a recent New York Yankee, but... What player was nicknamed Mr. November? David Ortiz, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, or Reggie Jackson? And if you don't know this, well, you've been living under a rock the last 15 years. It's Derek Jeter. <laughs> Derek Jeter, New York Yankee Derek Jeter, earned the nicknames Captain Clutch and Mr. November due to his outstanding play in the postseason throughout his career. He was a reliable contributor to the Yankees franchise success and has a 3-2-1 batting average in the World Series, which is <laughs> a Mr. Clutch right there. All right, let's jump right into it. All right, we are going to talk about MLW, Major League Wiffleball on YouTube. And uh, a lot of people probably don't know about Major League Wiffleball. They're still relatively new, but they are... Uh, okay, well, I'll just go over it. Um, they started in 2009. The uh, commissioner is Kyle Schultz. Uh, very hardworking, very respectable kid. He's actually close to my age. I, I watched them starting in 2018. Um, very fun league to watch. It's very high-paced. The videos the videos uh, cut down the game, so you only see the last pitch of every at-bat. Uh, super fun to watch. Uh, they have 188,000 subscribers on YouTube. I highly recommend watching this league because that is a lot what I'll be talking about. So if you don't if you don't know what I'll be talking about today, I would suggest going and watching all their videos from last year uh, and then coming back. Actually, don't leave, but you know, after this, after you listen, go go watch and then come back. All right. Opening day for the 2021 season, May the 1st. And who better to play on opening day than the Cobras and the uh, Great Lakes Gators? The Gators coming off of their World Series championship, led by Brennan Zerlag, Brennan Jorgensen, and Chris Cheatham. Now, the Great Lakes Gators have a lot to build on for this year, as a lot of the other teams took notice to their draft their draft picks uh so the draft just happened and we'll go we'll go through the draft uh here in a minute but the the great lake skaters went from cellar dwellers only in and also you know go watch the dog brendan zerlag says after that first year he'd even know if he wanted to come back to the this the the league the following year because of how bad they were that first year Fortunately, uh, he did get those two really good picks in the in the draft, and I think the draft has uh, dramatically changed the the outlook of the league. I think every single team, uh, every single team, 
will vastly improve. It'll improve the parity of the league. Every team is going to compete in every game. There's not going to be, you know, the Southern Seahawks from 2018, uh, that type of team that just everybody just beats up on. I think every single team legitimately, if they come to play every single game, I think every single team has a chance to make it to the playoffs and a chance to win the World Series, specifically because in baseball is the same way. Baseball and wiffle ball, uh, there's so much randomness involved, as in the worst team could beat the best team on any given day, just because the you know the way the ball bounces or the wind or or you know. So, uh, the draft did just happen, uh, but we'll talk about that in a bit but first we will be going over the matchups for the league and we will start with the coastal cobras and now the cobras will be playing each of their teams in their al respective al uh they will be playing the magic the uh the preds and the wildcats and their interleague games will be against the Eagles and the Gators. Of course, the Gators and Cobras will be playing on uh, opening day, May 1st. Look out, mark that on your calendars. And the video usually gets posted uh, about a week afterwards. They kind of lag behind as, as uh, the seasons go along. Uh, but the production quality, I again, I highly recommend watching these videos. Um, they're growing. They're growing very fast. Uh, if you are a baseball fan, you will, and you were a kid. And you played wiffle ball growing up. You probably still play wiffle ball. Watch this league. You can learn a lot if you want to show off to your friends. But anyway, so the Cobras. Uh, we'll just go uh, series by series. I don't know the order of when they would play these teams. But uh, this is just how I have it in my spreadsheet. So, <laughs> Cobras and Magic. Uh, I think that the Cobras win this series 2-1. to one. Um I, I find, but here, here's, here's the deal, Cobras fans. I have the Cobras projected to only win this series. <laughs> um, the outlook for the season for the Cobras is still pretty, uh, it's shaky. We'll, we'll say that. They, they do have a lot of upside. The draft did happen. They got a, they got a good uh, first pick in the draft. Um, I think he'll definitely help out in the pitching sides of things, but, uh, we still have yet to see him play a game, and I I will be standing behind that um, for every single every single team, um, just because we haven't seen any of these players play yet. Uh, last year there were a lot of players that, you know, most of them did pan out, um, but there's also you know those new players that come in, you know, they play one or two series, you know, if they can even make it, uh, if they do make it, they maybe play one one or two games of the series. It's just the reps aren't there right away, and you have to. I mean, and some of these teams they take you know one 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 uh, month or month and a half off before they play another series. So anyway, Cobras and Magic. I think the Cobras win this series. Uh, I think Drew Davis dominates in both of the games that he pitches, um, and then Chatty will get the win in the other game. Um, I think what <laughs> if I were Drew Davis. I would I would uh, sit out one of the games that Chatty pitches. Uh, that way you can get those two wins because I don't I don't think that uh, I think Chatty's gonna get a win for the Magic. 
on the mound. Um, but if Drew Davis can pitch the other two games, um, I think he's going to be more dominant this year. Last year he had a lot of walks. I think he led the league in walks. It was about, I think, 88 walks. Uh, strikeout numbers were also not that great. His ERA was not that great. Um, yeah, and, and we'll discuss that probably on a later podcast. So let's move along. Uh, Cobras and Wildcats. I see the Wildcats dominating this series and the Cobras maybe winning one game, uh, especially after the draft. The Wildcats did just get another pitcher, a young a young pitcher who has experience uh, with wiffle ball. So I, I see the Wildcats winning at least two of those games, if not sweeping. Uh, I see the Cobras winning one game against the Preds, two games, uh, one game against the Eagles, and one game against the Gators. Now, the opening day series against the Gators, I have them winning game one. I see Drew Davis coming out dominant, and then uh, Chris Cheatham and Jorgie just fi- uh, firing up the Jets, kicking, kicking butt in games two and three. So that would leave the Cobras at six and nine. Uh, the over-under for them is five and a half wins. I, I strongly believe they can get to seven wins this year, but uh, they have a lot to prove, and uh, Drew Davis likes to fall asleep halfway through the season, and this is no knock on him because I know I know he works hard. He's got a job. you know, He's trying to do college and whatever, but uh, throughout the summer, I feel like the last couple of seasons, and last year specifically, they started off super hot, uh, they get halfway through the season. They get the do- they get to the dog days of summer, and then uh, players just stop, you know, playing to the level. They 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 play down to the um, down to the level that they shouldn't shouldn't be playing at. Um, and this is not a knock on them as as athletes because there are some other there's some great teams that in the league, and the the Cobras just have not proved themselves to be that team that goes out and dominates every single game like the predators like the eagles like the wildcats um so i have them at six and nine uh over under five and a half wins uh like i said i do think they could get seven wins but that depends if they come to play every series and their their goal should be should be to win their goal should be to win every single game as should every team there's this uh we only need to win one game we need to win two games you should go for a sweep every single series. And if that doesn't happen, you should, I mean, you, you'll be sitting at two wins. Um, regardless, we'll move on. Um, so now we're, we'll talk about the Magic. Uh, the Magic um, made the playoffs last year, uh, two years in a row, uh, for being the newest team in the league besides the Diamondbacks. Um, the Magic play... You know, the same teams that the Cobras do. And in the interleague, they have the Gators and the D-backs. Now, the Magic are going to struggle this year. And I think we're going to get to that later. Um, but the fact that they didn't have a draft pick this year really has hurt them in the long run. And if they don't get another pitcher besides Chatty, and I think Liam Jackson pitched some last year, uh, they're going to be in trouble. Uh, I, I have them finishing above the, above the Cobras. Oh, wait, no, that's backwards. That should be the other way around. Actually, I have the Magic finishing in last place. Okay. The So, <laughs> uh, the Magic, I have them finishing 6-9 and nine as well with the Cobras, and then the Cobras will win that tiebreaker. Cobras make the playoffs, Magic out of the playoffs. Uh, but, again, you know, and, and the, the thing about the Magic is 
the new rule this year with you only can pick up this certain amount of people that the Liam Jackson rule as Kyle Schultz had put it um, I think the Magic are going to struggle they're going to have one or two players not be able to show up halfway through the season and then um, uh, Chatty's going to be left alone and Ag Agner's not going to be able to pick up all the extra, extra needed work that they're going to need uh, I think I think the Magic very well could make the playoffs again, depending on how the Cobras play. But it's gonna be it's gonna be Cobras and Magic three and four in the AL. It's it's not even gonna be close. No offense to either of these teams. Again, very they're both very electric teams to watch. But I don't I don't see the Predators or the or the Wildcats having a down year. Um, that being said, uh, I I do have the Magic beating the D-backs in that series and getting one of three from the Gators in the interleague in the interleague schedule. <clears throat> Moving on. Ah, oh, this is a lot. All right. The Western Wildcats, I have them finishing at eight and seven and the over under for their wins is eight and a half. Uh, I have them winning the Cobras series, the magic series, the predator series, and I have them losing to the Eagles and the Mallard series. Now the thing about the Mallard series is, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I think the Mallards are going to struggle this year, and but the Tommy and Kyle matchup is always super fun to watch. And Tommy is a really competitive guy. And I don't, I don't think he's going to let Kyle win the series this year. So Wildcats eight and seven, over under eight and a half. Uh, next Predators, same record eight and seven. They, I have them beating the Cobras two to one, Magic two to one. Uh, losing to the Wildcats two to one, uh, beating the Mallards two to one, and beating the, or losing to the D-backs one to two. Predators have a very good chance to go very far this year. Um, they're a very solid team as they should be. It, it their whole season basically rides around whether their players can make it because now they have two. I I think from what I remember, Cratch is a D1 athlete now. Uh, but now they have two D1 or, or college athletes, I should say, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt them if those guys can't show up. But I know Cratch is very de dedicated to the league, so I think the Predators will have a good year. I have them at eight and seven. Uh, moving on, Eastern Eagles. Eagles have a very good chance to be very good this year. I have them beating the Cobras, the Wildcats, the Mallards, and the D-backs, and losing the series to the Gators. Now, the only reason that I have them losing the series to the Gators is because of pitching, but this is before the draft, obviously. So, at this point in the season, and again, we don't know, you know the dates that they'll play each other, but um, the Eagles did just pick up a couple of really good pitchers in the draft, and that could flip their whole trajectory. They could end up winning 12 games. Um, as of right now, I have them winning uh, 9 games. And I think that's very doable. And of of the teams that of the teams that could win 10, 10 or eleven games this year, it's either going to be the Eagles or the Gators. And it's primarily because of pitching. I think the Eagles and the and the Gators have the two best pitching staffs uh, after the draft. Before the draft, it, Eagles weren't even close uh, because with the new rule that started last year. Uh, you have to have one guy pitch in one game and then or or the the six the six inning rule I guess it's is what it is so um so if Daniel Schultz is the one carrying the load uh, I don't think I don't think they win eight eight or nine games 
even though they did last year, but <laughs> it's a new year. There's a lot of new players. The league is becoming way more competitive. Um, but with those new pitchers that they did get in the draft, they will be a very solid team. And these guys can hit as far as, as from what I saw from the draft video, they, they look like they can hit and they're very young too. So Eagles longevity, they will be good for a while. Uh, moving on Midwest Mallards. Uh, the Mallards are a tricky team this year. So losing Noah Dabrico was not a good thing for them, I guess. <laughs> uh, him retiring due to him getting older and getting a job, moving away. Uh, now they're left with, uh, let's see, Tommy and Trevor Bonham. Uh, Johnny Bean is, you know, he's always been kind of iffy whether he shows up or not. I think last year he only played in one series. Um, and then the rest of their team is kind of kind of a bunch of unknowns. I think Nate Lice played, it, played a series last year, but, uh, you know, otherwise... The, the Mallards are going to struggle this year. And honestly, I think the Mallards might be the worst team in the league this year. Not by a lot, but Tommy Coughlin's not going to be able to win every game on the mound. There's just too much competition in the league this year. He will struggle uh, winning games um, unless unless the guy he drafted can pick up, pick up the slack, I guess. Um, but if you look at the stats from last year, Tommy Coughlin... Yeah, and the Mallards missed the playoffs. Tommy did not have a good year on the mound. I mean, he got hit around. He walked a lot more batters than he normally does. And and he's a great pitcher. He just had a down year. And hopefully it doesn't trickle into two years. But with the competition level being where it is, the Mallards could very well only win five or six games. Uh, I have the over-under on the Mallards winning five and a half games. I, I They very well could win six games, but they'd still be out of the playoffs because the I think the NL this year is better than the AL. Uh, I think it was I think it was reversed last year. Um, I thought the <clears throat> in the 2020 season, I thought the AL was very strong and the NL the NL was kind of weak. Uh, but I think that's different this year with the new players coming in. All right, Mallards finishing at six to nine. I have them missing the playoffs. Hopefully it doesn't happen. I am a Mallards fan. Uh, they won the World Series the year I started watching in 2017. So that was the year I, I began watching. Mallards win the World Series. Uh, fly, <laughs> uh, quack attack becomes a meme. Uh, but this is a new, this is a basically a brand new team this year. We'll see what happens. Next, Great Lakes Gators. Great Lakes Gators are a unique team this year, um, but they have a lot to. They still have a lot to build off of, uh, considering they started the year uh, seven and two last year, I believe, and finished. At eight and seven, barely making the playoffs, honestly. Uh, and they gave away their number one seed. Ended up playing, you know, doesn't matter. They ended up winning the World Series anyway. But they have to, you know, put together a complete season this year. Um, I think this is the first year that you can't you can't get swept. If you get swept one time, um, especially as the Gators, I mean, you're in trouble. Uh, playing in the playing in the NL. Diamondbacks are going to come come up. They're going to be a lot better this year. Eagles are going to be a lot better. Gators might slip down to third. And hell, if the Mallards have a good year, Mallards might get third place. Gators miss the playoffs. But I do have them finishing 9-6. and six. They're a very good team. I have them beating the Cobras. I have them beating the Magic. 2-1, to 2-1. One, to one. Uh, lose or Beating the Eagles, 2-1. to one. Beating the Mallards, 2-1. to one. And losing to the D-backs, 2-1. Uh, now, 
I would have them winning every single series, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and the Diamondbacks did kind of have their number last year. Um, we'll see how much Norp improves um, on the mound, as as well as their their secondary third pitchers. Um, I they did not draft a pitcher this year, so we'll see how Jonah Heath and and Norp split the load with the D-backs, but uh, the Gators. Cheatham, Jorgie coming back, and I don't believe no, they did not have a draft pick this year. So, same squad from last year. See if they can run the table again. All right. Last but not least, the Diamondbacks out of the NL. Uh, another st- strong team uh, in the MLW. Uh, I I strongly believe they're going to be eight and seven, and honestly, I think they're the dark horse to make the World Series coming out of the NL. Now, of course, they still have to deal with Dana Schultz. I don't see I don't see the D-backs winning the NL, but I do see them as the team that could potentially beat the Gators or the Eagles to make it to the World Series. Um, and you know, we'll see how it works out. But uh, Norp is getting better. Uh, he his team got really good towards the end of last year, and they have a lot of momentum to build off of. Uh, Norp is also a fan favorite. Everybody, everybody loves him in the league. I think uh, it was a, from a fan standpoint, I think it was a good, good thing that he took over the D-backs. And I think Noreski really loved to play wiffle ball, uh, but also I feel like he had other priorities. And of course, he's still part of the team. I don't know how often he'll be playing this year, um, but I think Norp definitely has that face to just kind of pops out. He's the character of the league. I think people really love to watch the D-backs. I think they're kind of a fan favorite now just because of this kid and his <laughs> his long hair, his uh, Tim Lincecum-esque uh, demeanor about himself. Um, so, D-backs. I have them uh, losing. I think the only series I have them losing is to, well, to the Magic and to the Eagles. Um, and then I have them actually winning like, this, the Preds series 2-1. to one. Um, winning the Mallard series, who to one and winning the Gator series. Now, one thing, one thing to keep in mind, I didn't, I didn't want to choose one team to get swept because the odds, the odds of going through this whole schedule and having the Eagles sweep the Cobras or the Preds sweep the Magic, I, I think that's unrealistic to, to predict. <laughs> so basically, all my series are two to one series. I don't, I don't have a single sweep on here. I did have some originally, and then I saw the draft video and I was like. No, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> the the teams the teams are are very competitive this year. The league is going to be very good, much better than it uh, has. I mean, it's it's grown every single year since 2017 significantly. And I think this year is probably going to be one of the most competitive, one of the most compelling years to watch. And if you don't watch this year, you need to. You should go back and watch last year. You should go back and watch that year before that. Uh, but definitely watch this year if you don't go back and watch the previous videos. Now, the playoffs. My playoffs predictions, and this is um, Sunday, April 25th, so these are going to change. Don't take them too seriously. There is a long summer ahead of us. This is this is being recorded before the first series is even being played. So, uh, based off of my season predictions of... The regular season games, uh, I have the Wildcats edging the Preds in the AL, so they would go Wildcats, Preds, Cobras, and then in the NL, I have the Gators edging the Eagles, 
so Gators win the division, Eagles, D-backs, and the NLDS. Uh, I have the Preds versus the Cobras classic rematch of <laughs> a couple <laughs> emotional series, especially for Alec Warda. We'll see what happens there. If this is if this were to be a matchup, I think the Preds win it again, two to nothing. The Cobras are going to have a good season to make the playoffs, but not going to be enough to win a playoff series, as they always do. They do not. They do not seem to show up when the playoffs come around, as you can remember from the 2017 World Series, and we just won't get into that. <coughs> Blew it to elite. <coughs> That was a little awkward. <laughs> so I have the Preds beating the Cobras two to nothing, uh, and then I actually have the Preds beating the Wildcats two to one in the ALCS. Uh, in the NL side, D-backs. I have the D-backs uh, beating the the Eagles two to one. Like I said before, the D-backs are my dark horse to win the World Series. They're going to be very good. Do not count out the D-backs this year. And then in the NLCS, two to one D-backs again, and. The D-backs lose to the Preds three games to one in the World Series. Um, the reason I have the D-backs beating the Gators, though, is is uh, there has not been a repeat team since, uh, I believe, the, the Wildcats. Um, it's been a different team in the modern era, which I consider 2017 and beyond. Mallards, Wildcats, Predators, uh, Gators. And so I don't see the Gators winning it again this year. I think it's very tough to repeat and how competitive the league is right now. Um, so, Predators uh, win this, their second World Series in the last three years, 3-1. Three to one. That is my prediction. Mark it down. Put your money on. Go to Vegas. Put all your money on red. You'll probably lose that too, so uh, don't listen to me. I'm just a fan. I'm just trying to <laughs> find some time to get my mind off of all the craziness of the world. But anyway... That is my prediction of the MLW season. Uh, we will go more into depth about players and uh, individual series later on when games start being played. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsor. And welcome back. A um, little bit about the uh, intro. Made that in a solid uh, 15 minutes on GarageBand. And uh, <laughs> the the logo also is, is, it might as well be on paint on my computer. Made that in about half an hour. And I am not a graphic designer, no. Not at all. Engineer, yes. Not a, not a graphic designer. So, anyway. Moving on, we're going to talk about the MLW Draft. And here's one thing that I don't think anybody talks about, especially now that the draft has happened. Um, this trade, that happened prior to the 2020 season. Uh, the, the trade between the Cobras, Eagles, and Magic. <clears throat> now, I think this trade has it, it's kind of going to be the end of the magic and the beginning of an eagles dynasty now what happened for those who don't know 
the Eagles traded Andy Durand to the Cobras, uh, so Andy could go home and play with his his best friend, Mr. Drew Davis, and then the Magic got Joey Flynn from the Cobras. Uh, and then the Eagles, this is the key part right here, the Eagles got the Magic 2021 draft pick, which turned out to be the number three pick for the Eagles. Um, so not many people talk about it. So the, the Magic didn't get a pick this year. Uh, they left with their free agent signing. His name is Curdy. I think I read that right. Uh, free agent pickup for the Magic. Uh, not, not so sure about what his talents are, so uh, we'll, we'll find out once they play. Um, but uh, the Eagles got another draft pick. Uh, the Eagles are going to be very good. Uh, but first we will go to the beginning of the draft. The Cobras who thought they were going to get the first pick from the Gators ended up getting the first pick from themselves. Ironic, <laughs> but here we are. Cobras get two picks regardless, but with the first pick and one thing that comes to mind with the Cobras is their lack of pitching depth. Um, I know Sean, John Flynn tried pitching, Andy Duran tried pitching, but, uh, you know, Drew Davis having a off year last year with as many walks as he had, the strikeout numbers down, giving up a ton of runs to teams that you should not have given ton of runs to, ultimately not making the playoffs. Uh, the Cobras were in desperate need of a pitcher. And I think they found their guy who is is probably as good if not better than drew davis and it's kind of the same situation that georgie was uh last year with the gators now zerlag was a decent pitcher but he was not the guy and he went out and got his guy and georgie and then cheatham ended up coming along towards the second half of the season just firing on all cylinders and and i think drew davis uh I, you know, and this goes against what I said about their at their win total this year. You know, I only have them winning six games this year. Uh, but this guy that he got in the first pick, uh, Baranowski, you should probably mention his name. The Red Baron, as Drew Davis mentioned in their uh, draft video. He is a pitcher. Uh, pitcher for the Cobras now. Huge need for the Cobras. Uh, he's also a solid hitter. Uh, and I think this is another thing that the Cobras lacked last year was timely hitting. Uh, they struck out a lot. Uh, let's pull this up real quick. The 2020 stats. The Cobras struck out a total of 63 times. Wait, nope, that's not the right column. <laughs> the Cobras struck out a total of 106 times, which is fifth best. I guess that's not terrible, uh, but granted, the team average was down uh, at 225. I must be thinking of the wrong team here, because Cobras were in third place in average. <laughs> I think Andy Durand had the highest average on the team. Uh, let's see real quick. Andy Durand batted uh, 2.67. Oh, so he did cool down towards the second half of the season. Uh, Sean Flynn led the team at 298. Drew Davis with his down year at 185. 
Uh, Drew Davis will bounce back. I think I think he's going to hit. He'll hit five or six home runs at least this year, uh, if not more. Hitting is going to be up this year. I think uh, the rule where they push the mound back and are enforcing the speed limit will definitely help them. But uh, again, Baranowski, great pickup for the Cobras. Uh, pitching definitely a huge need for them, and uh, he will they'll help. He'll he'll help them uh, boost to the playoffs. Cobras will make the playoffs probably because of this kid. Now, hopefully he can show up to all the games. That's always a struggle for MLW players. Um, but Cobras are going to be solid this year with this kid. Great pickup for Drew Davis. Pick number two, Midwest Mallards. The Mallards finished last year in last place of the NL. And they also lost their second best player, Noah Dabrico, to retirement. Um, so... Tommy Coughlin went out and picked up this guy named Irwin. His last name's Irwin. Uh, described as the wild card pick by Kyle Schultz. Uh, he is not from the state of Michigan, uh, as MLW is based out of Michigan. I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, he's from Ohio, uh, and I think he's a great pickup for the Mallards to have a second guy behind uh, Tommy Coughlin. Now, I don't, I don't think that uh, Bonham is a bad pitcher. I don't think that he is that number two guy that Tommy is looking for, though, at the time. Now, Trevor Bonham is going to grow. He's going to get better. Uh, but the guy that Tommy picked up, I think he's going to be the number two pitcher for the team. He's going to pitch in game two or game three, if not starting, or if not pitching games one and two, and given Tommy's armor risk, because everybody knows that Tommy has put on a million innings on that arm. So, fast pitch, fast pitch pitcher from ohio we'll see how that pans out again can't really make a judgment off of it based off of comments from one video we need to see these guys play a couple games but a solid pickup for the mallards eagles with that pick that they got from the metro magic eagles picked up dallas allen a young right-handed pitcher and is something that the eagles strongly needed uh, he'll be around for a couple of seasons uh, he's, he's a pretty young guy and the Eagles were needing this backup pitcher. I know uh, Clayton Price was the guy for the Eagles uh, recently, but he has been injured. Uh, we'll see. I haven't heard anything recently about the injury. Hopefully he can play this year. But the Eagles are definitely in desperate need of that second arm in their bullpen. The downtown Diamondbacks, with the fourth pick, picked up an outfielder and a switch hitter now. They're the one team that did not pick up a pitcher this year, uh, maybe besides the Preds. Uh, I think the D-backs have solid pitching. I think Jonah Heath and, and, uh, and uh, uh, Norp. Norp will do a great job pitching for the D-backs this year. Uh, hitting, I, uh, they have solid hitting. Uh, hopefully the switch hitter deal is, is uh, going to work out for them. Just put up more runs. And this, this is another reason why I think the D-backs are the dark horse to win the World Series this year is because they're hitting. They're hitting solid. They, it, it got a lot better towards the end of last year and into the playoffs. Now they, they did cool off as soon as the playoffs started. Uh, but uh, we'll see see what happens with the, uh, the downtown Diamondbacks. They finished second in the league last year with an average of 228. Second in the league with home runs. Uh, first in the league in RBIs. And, and their hitting's just getting better. Uh, and, I, and a stat that I always like to look at is on-base plus slugging. Um, 
sure the walks are a big part of MLW, and I know the the Mallards and the Wildcats kind of live about walks, but you gotta have those timely hits. You can't score a bunch of runs going base to base. So on base plus slugging is something I love to look at, and the D-backs led the league in on base plus slugging at 149 last year. The next highest is uh or not 149, 949, and the Wildcats were in second at 939. And then the next highest was 849 in OPS, and that was the Cobras. So the Diamondbacks hitting just got a lot better. Uh, I always I always think that pitching is the number one aspect of winning games. Uh, one of my magic numbers for the MLW is the team that wins, the team that scores two or more runs every game, wins about eighty percent of the time. It's pretty insane how high that number is, and the the uh, Diamondbacks were scoring a lot of runs last year, so Diamondbacks got another hitter. That's going to help them out a lot. We'll see how that works out for them. All right, pick number five. The Eagles, with their second pick in the draft, picked another pitcher. So, Blade Walker, the pitcher from the Eagles, will be stacked this year. He's got a sick name, as Kyle said in the video. Uh, another pitcher for the Eagles. So Eagles got options on the mound this year. One guy, one guy messes up. They're gonna have a short leash. Daniel Schultz is gonna gonna pitch. You know he's gonna be the game one, game two starter. That game three, he's got three guys that can pitch every single inning. You can have one guy pitch one inning, then another guy pitch another inning, and then finish off with uh, Clayton Price. <laughs> Eagles are gonna be good this year. Do not put it past the Eagles to to not make it far. It's going to happen. Pick number seven, the Pacific Predators coming off another solid season. Did not make the World Series this year, but did make it to the a, uh, let's see, ALCS, right? <laughs> I always get the leagues mixed up. Predators made it to the semifinals. We'll say that. Uh, but they picked up a college baseball player, and I think this is the the low pick of the draft. Uh, not not based off of the talent level that they got. It's more so that will their players show up this year? Um, so Ward has got to deal with Cratch playing baseball. Now this guy, Rudy Ramirez, the seventh pick of the draft. Another college baseball player, probably a super athlete. I think he's probably a stud. Um, but I have, you know, players like this only showing up max of nine games. And then if they make the playoffs, they'll show up for the playoffs. But you know, wiffle ball is a lot different than baseball. It's just the, the reactions of the movement of the ball. Anyway, that's irrelevant. <laughs> it's more so the fact that are those guys going to be able to show up? Um, it's not like the Preds needed a pick, uh, but their year kind of is dependent on whether um, those guys can show up. Uh, not not saying anything about, about uh, Warda or Brandon Russell. I think they're both... They've both improved tremendously, uh, but the heart and soul of the Predators is Ryan Cratch. And if he shows up and if Ramirez shows up, they will be a very good team this year. And pick number seven, moving on. The Wildcats got another pitcher, Jackson Peterson. Sounds like a good guy, good, great pickup for the Wildcats. Not much to say about him besides the Wildcats needed another pitcher. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> and with the eighth pick, the the long-awaited, what everybody knew what was coming, the Gus pick. Uh, from what I know, from what I saw, I couldn't find anything on those past videos about Gus. 
All we know is he has sneaky power for the Cobras. So Cobras got Baranowski and Gus. Uh, hopefully those guys will be able to uh, project them to be a better team this year. But to recap, Cobras, Baranowski, Mallards 2 get Irwin, Eagles 3, Dallas Allen, D-backs 4, Shima, sorry I probably butchered that, Eagles 5, Blade Walker, Preds 6, Rudy Ramirez, Wildcats 7, Pearson, Cobras 8, Gus. <laughs> so, who won the 2021 offseason? I think it was Daniel Schultz and the Eagles. And here is why. They got two more pitchers behind Daniel Schultz, who is the league Cy Young, the the the, the career Cy Young. He's not going to win it every year, but he will be the top three pitcher every single season. And now he's got two more pitchers, and he's still got Clayton Price. Eagles are going to be great. And those, these two new guys are also pretty good at bats, from what I could tell. Who lost the 21-21 offseason? I wanted to say the Preds. Rudy Ramirez sounds like he could be a really good pickup if he does show up. Uh, it's the Metro Magic. Uh, the Duran trade and not having a pick is really what's going to be the downfall of their season uh, and the reason why they won't make the playoffs. They kind of got lucky the last two years making the playoffs. Um, this year, they they won't make the playoffs. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so that is a recap of the draft. We will go into one more segment here in a second, but I need a quick break. Uh, Back in a minute. Welcome, welcome back. Um, Did you see the Royals are in first place of the uh, AL Central? Uh, Yeah, it's happening. Royals are um, kind of back. I, I don't want to say they are back. Uh, still very early, but uh, uh, I hope they are back. <laughs> Beat the Detroit Tigers. Uh, this is before they've played the third game of the series on Sunday. So, uh, a quick rundown. Kansas City Royals leading the division. 12-7, game and a half ahead of the Chicago White Sox. The Boston Red Sox and the AL East are game and a half against the Tampa Bay Rays. The AL West, the Athletics on a 13-game winning streak. They're partying like it's 2002 or 2001. <laughs> I don't remember. 14-7, and seven, game ahead of the Seattle Mariners, who are having a strong start to the season. The National League side of things, the New York Mets, are in first place of the NL East. Uh, tied for first with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are leading the Cubs by two games in the NL Central. Uh, and in the West, they have the heated series between the San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Dodgers, in which the Dodgers are leading the division in the NL West by two games over the Giants, followed by the Padres. That is a quick rundown of the MLB. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, we'll be back, hopefully... We'll, we'll see what my schedule is uh, and how often I'll be posting, but uh, that is the end of this podcast. Appreciate you guys listening, and hopefully uh, we'll uh, we'll have somebody uh, uh, guest on this or, or be a co-host, because it's kind of tough just kind of talking to myself, <laughs> and hopefully I get some listeners on this, so uh, anyway, 
This has been the Lacquer Room Sports Media Podcast. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lacquer Room Sports Media Podcast. Thank you for listening.